All right, TikTok, how's it going? How's it going, YouTube? How's everyone going? We'll be on day 11th of January. And we're talking today about how to be more kind for yourself because that's something that is not too common when it comes to weight loss. So people tend to be very hard on themselves, right? And again, we get it, right? The idea is that the harder you are on yourself, the more motivated you're going to be. Um, the truth is, though, that doesn't seem to be the most effective way to go about things, right? So what we're going to start doing is being nicer to ourselves because, again, we're looking for the best results possible. And um, I think to be nice to yourself when it comes to losing weight, I think it will it requires you to think differently about losing weight, right? So if you think, like, your weight loss comes down to, like, you know what to do and you just need to get yourself to do it, you know, um, then I think that being hard on yourself almost makes sense, right? But if we look at weight loss as something that is something you kind of figure out, you know, along the way that you don't know how to do it. You have a general idea of what you should do, but you don't know how to get yourself to do it. You don't really know the strategies. You're figuring them out. And I think if you approach it that way, it's more effective. So, okay, I'll give you an example. So if you're learning to play piano, if you're learning a language, if you're working on a athletic skill or any skill, right? Um, crocheting. My wife just was learning how to crochet. And so when you're new at it, is it better to get angry with yourself and beat yourself up when you make a mistake? Or does it make more sense to relax, calm down, and be more supportive of yourself, right? Which one's going to help you learn better and faster? And now that, that example really isn't even that appropriate because those are things that, I mean, the piano, you kind of keep going on. A lot of things you keep going on, you keep reaching new skills that you have to go through that process with. Um, but weight loss, it's a never ending of that process, right? And so the thing with weight loss that's unique is that it's different from the rest of those is that the more upset you get with yourself that you're not eating right, or you're not doing the right things to lose weight. The problem is the more upset you get, the more likely you are to use the food to deal with the frustration and the negative emotions you're feeling, right? So that is one of the big reasons why I find that beating yourself up when you want to lose weight is very counterproductive because the more you beat yourself up, the worse you feel about yourself, the more angry you get, the more likely you are to eat the foods and do the things that you don't want to do that are going in the opposite direction. Okay. So what does it look like to actually be kind to yourself when you're losing weight, right? How do you do it? How do you motivate yourself? Things. That's the question I always hear. Right. I want to be nicer to myself, but then if I'm nice to myself and I'm not motivated. I won't do anything. Right. And that's the challenge. And so I think that gets right to the core of motivation. And, uh, you know, I always say like most people are motivated when it comes to weight loss through the spontaneous pain based motivation. Right. They step on the scale, see a picture of themselves, catch their reflection. The clothes don't fit. They get so upset. They say, I got to do something. I got to do something to change this. Right. And so that is the primary motivation people rely on to lose weight. It's this spontaneous thing. They really have no control over it. It just kind of spontaneously happens. And what people tend to try and do is recreate that pain-based motivation um, by trying to beat themselves up, right? Trying to get upset with themselves, put themselves down so that they feel so bad they finally take the right actions, right? So I think the alternative, if you're going to really you know, use the idea of uh, being more kind to yourself and successfully lose weight. The alternative is that you almost have to reframe this entire process right from the get go, you know, and so it becomes a process of more than just wanting to look better. It becomes a process of wanting to be a better version of yourself, 
right? So it's literally like personal development. It, it's self-realization, self-actualization, you know, these highfalutin ideas so that the weight is part of that, but it's more than just wanting to look better, you see? And so when that happens, I think being kind to yourself feels like more normal, right? More natural, um, you know, because it's, it's a bigger ideal, you know? Because I think when we look at weight loss too, like we get this idea that like, well, we just need to plan and then we just got to follow it. And if we don't follow it, then we got to beat ourselves up, kind of whip ourselves metaphorically to force ourselves to do it, you know? Um, but real weight loss is actually different than that. You know, it really is a process of evolving, growing, learning, reinforcing, you know? And so the more kind you are with yourself and the more you make this a process of actually becoming the person you want to be, I think a lot of times that kindness is almost embedded into that process, you know, whereas when it comes to our typical approach to weight loss, the kindness and being nice to ourselves is embedded out of it. If there's a word for it, I don't know what the opposite of embedded would be, um, but it's, it's excluded from it, you know? And so I do think that going down to the core of what you're looking to do here and starting with a different goal, you know, a more um, holistic, a more... Uh, higher goal than just losing weight, just looking different. I think that that sets you on a better path. So someone says, I always get mad at myself because I think I, I think just what you know, you're supposed to do, just do what you think, what you know, you're supposed to do. Yeah. Okay. So, so let me talk on this because I think this gets right to the core of it. And I think, you know, just to back it up one second here real quick to make sense of what I'm saying is that one of the main things, so I'm a hypnotist, right? So it's like, no, okay. So they say, right, well, the only tool you have is a hammer. Everything looks like a nail. So everything looks like hypnosis to me. I, I admit that. Um, but when it comes to weight loss mindset, how people want to lose weight, I find that it's really this diet hypnosis. And I say hypnosis because it's almost it's illogical almost. When you take a step back and look at how people are trying to lose weight, it's very illogical. It makes no sense right? This idea that you're just going to cut half your calories out tomorrow and then just stick with that until you get to your goal weight when it hasn't worked the last hundred times and just going to do the same thing, but this time magically it's going to work. And there's just so many examples of why dieting and that, that way of thinking about it is very ineffective and yet people keep doing it. And so when people do kind of things that are ineffective or that don't work and they've known that, usually it's a state of hypnosis where you're not using your logical mind. You're just kind of like almost like a zombie. No, you're not, not a zombie necessarily, but you're not really rationally looking at your weight loss plan. You're just kind of doing what you've always done, right? Just kind of running on autopilot. That's hypnosis. And so um, when we start looking at how people try and lose weight, it really is this idea that someone's going to tell them what to do and then they're just going to follow it, right? And so embedded in the idea, the diet, I call it the diet hypnosis, okay? Because I think that's a much, I think it's good for you to frame it that way. I think it'll be very enlightening for you when you look at it and you start to question I want you to start questioning how you think you're going to lose weight because I promise you, I promise you, if you've not been successful with it, <laughs> that, 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 that way you think you have to do and that, that you think works, but there's something wrong with you and that's why you're not following it. I promise you that that's not accurate. That the problem is the diet hypnosis is very, very limited because every diet, you know, regardless of what the diet is, what they're specifically telling you to do, at the core of it, it's basically saying, here's the plan, now just follow it. And the only way you have to follow it, let me change something real quick here. The only way you have to follow that plan is through willpower, you know? And um, and that's the idea. So you're going to give you the plan and now it's up to you to just follow it, okay? But that would be like if you wanted to learn the piano or if you want to learn a language, right? And I said, okay, here's the dictionary, learn it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what are your chances of learning a language? I just give you the dictionary and say, here you go, 
you know? And so what happens is it's not, they never give you the real pieces of what it takes to actually change your weight. Okay. So knowing what to do is a very small part of actually creating the weight loss and the, and the results you're looking for. It's a, a tiny part of it. The real essence of change, <laughs> your weight, anything really, but especially your weight is knowing how to get yourself to do it. Knowing how to think differently about yourself, about food, about how you eat, about lots of things, um, how you feel about food, about yourself, about your environment, and then ultimately how you behave. And this is complex stuff. And so diets never, ever, never tell you how to deal with this stuff. You know, you're just expected that you're supposed to use your willpower and just force yourself to do it. And that doesn't work with hardly anything. You know, um, it's like, you know, it's like trying to learn the piano. I give you one book and I say, okay, you're on your own. But what are your chances of learning that piano? Very slim. You know, say so here, here's a Spanish to English dictionary, read this dictionary, learn Spanish. I'll see you in a month. Right. So you have no chance of doing it. Right. Because that's just a small part of learning. Right. And so when it comes to weight loss, though, isn't that what you're doing? Right. There's a, here's here's the pamphlet. Here's the meal plan. I'll see you in a month. Let's see how you do. Right. The problem, the very least of your problem is knowing what to do. I always use this example that if you were like a robot and you just wrote in in the morning what you were going to eat all day, like right now, just knowing what you know now, you just typed in what you're going to eat and then you just did it. Would you really have that much of a problem losing weight? Right. It would be real easy. Right. Because you know what to do. The problem is when it comes time to do it, there's some other part of you compelling you to do the wrong thing. And you have no idea about how to influence this process. Right. So it's like the diets keep misdirecting you. Again, it's a magician's trick where they keep saying, oh, you know, the problem is you just don't have the right diet plan you know, the right meal plan. And once you have that, everything's going to change. I promise you it's not. I could give you the perfect meal plan. It, it, that's not the problem. The problem is how do you change your habits? How do you change the way you think about food? How do you deal with emotions? Right? And then it goes on and on. I'll go into more detail about that in a minute, but there's just so much more detail that the diets never address. And so it's a very incomplete system. It's a very incomplete approach that the diets are offering you. Now, that's okay, right? That, that's, not a, that's not really that big of a deal. The problem is that you believe it's a complete approach. And then you start creating the belief that, well, the plan works. Look at those before and after pictures all those people got. There must be something wrong with me. And so now you start to beat yourself up, right? You say, look, they did it. They did it. Look, they did it. Why am I not doing it? What's wrong with me? You see? And that's why I say that's bullshit. It, it is just total and utter bullshit. Because the problem is that you haven't learned how to influence yourself in a practical way. You know, and so it's not the meal plan. It's not just giving someone something and having them figure it out. That's going to lead you to the results you want. It's really much more about learning. Um, and, and so even the approach, right? So with, with dieting, the idea is like, it's all or nothing. And so tomorrow's Monday and you're going to start your plan hundred percent on track and you're going to do that as long as you can. But then as soon as you make a mistake, very likely what's going to happen is you're going to do any of it. You're going to go right back to what you were doing before, you know, and that's that hamster wheel you get on. You know, start it for a little while, get off it, stay off it for a while, get upset spontaneously about how you look or feel or whatever, get back on the path, do it for a little while, get off it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just that same process over and over and over and nothing ever changes, you know? And I always say, you know, as little about how to lose weight right now as you did before you started your first diet ever, which is to say, you know, virtually nothing about how to actually lose weight. You know what you should do. I'll give you that, right? You know what you should eat and what you should do. Sure. Um, but that's not going to change much, right? Um, you're not going to, there's no secret meal plan out there. There's no, there's no nutritional plan out there that's coming down the pike. That's all of a sudden going to fix the core problem of 
Well, how do you change? Right. And in humans, how you change is a challenge. That's the challenge, right? Because you're not built to change. You're built to keep doing the same thing. I really had this breakthrough thought yesterday and I was thinking to myself, you know, the, 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 the way our body is, and this applies to everything, is what this is was the real breakthrough I had. Because I was thinking, like they say, your body is really built for homeostasis. Like it's built to remain the same, right? And so why is that? It's because when we're, even if we're overweight right now, right? Even if you're overweight and you don't like it logically, what's happening is subconsciously you're saying, yeah, I'm overweight, but everything's okay. I'm alive. People are okay. Everything's all right. I don't like it, but at least I'm familiar with it and I feel relatively safe and familiar with this feeling, okay? And so your subconscious mind is saying, I don't wanna change. I don't want all of a sudden experience the deprivation. I don't wanna do all the bullshit and all the hard work and all the struggle. I don't, I don't want all that for what? You know, things aren't that bad right now. Yeah, I'd like to look a little better, but mm, you know? And so your body is really built from, from soup to nuts to just remain the same, to just homeostasis, just keep everything the way it is. Because right now, the way everything is, it's not perfect, but I, I know it and it's okay. Okay. And so everything's like that, like the physiological structures in your body, right? Your temperature, right? <laughs> you walk into a cold room, your body starts doing things to kind of warm you up a little bit. And then, um, you know, it's like everything that's happening with here, you, you start eating too much glucose, right? Your body starts releasing insulin to clear it out. So everything's balancing it out, trying to keep everything balanced. And so when you try and create change, you really are working against your body and your mind, you know? And so the real, um, secret to change is, is really understanding the inner game of change, right? And so part of that, I mean, really the, the foundational piece is that mindset piece, you know? How do you get yourself to do the things you already know you should do? And I promise you beating yourself up, it, it doesn't work primarily. Let me, let me explain this to you because this is really important, okay? The problem is not that you need to beat yourself up because let's just say, right? So someone said, I always get mad at myself because I, I think I should just know what to do and you're supposed to do it, right? That's what that person said. Donna, I believe your name is. And so then we go and we, we say, I want to lose weight. We go and eat the cookie. And so what happens is you eat the cookie and then you say, why did I do that? You shouldn't have done that. You knew better than that. And we beat ourselves up. But when we beat ourselves up, nothing actually changes. Nothing changes. Because the only thing that's going to change you in terms of how you eat Right? Let's just stick with a cookie example here, right? The only thing that's going to change the way you eat that cookie is how you subconsciously associate to it, right? And so that cookie is good and bad, right? Every food is good and bad. The cookie is good because it tastes good. It's fun to eat, okay? It feels good when you eat it, right? Dopamine drops, pleasure centers light up. It, it feels good to eat that cookie. Simultaneously, the cookie is bad because it spikes your blood sugar um, if you're overweight and you're struggling with it, it makes you feel worse mentally after you're done. Right? You say, ah, damn, I did it again. I let myself down. Um, emotionally, you feel you know, frustrated, depressed, angry at yourself, whatever. Okay. So here's the, this is how I look at it, that the real secret to changing how you eat, like, like for good, is to subconsciously orient yourself to when there's food decisions, to focus less on the consumption of the food and more on the consequence, okay? So this is the core strategy, right? And I don't know if you buy into this or not, but let me, let me kind of explain it. Let me tie in why beating yourself up doesn't help. And beating yourself up does not help, by the way, right? Okay, let's just agree with that, <laughs> you know? So again, I'm not gonna argue that you should be kinder to yourself. I'm not, I'm not here, this, this woo-woo guy, it's, oh, be, love yourself. I mean, I think you should, but it's really much more of a practical reason why. Okay, but I'm going to explain why. So if you buy into this idea that all the foods are good and bad, right? So we don't want to demonize them 
and we don't want to say they're all great. They're really, they're both. They're literally, all these foods are good and bad at the same time. Which one you focus on is going to define how you experience it. Okay. And so if you buy into this idea that one of the main reasons you're struggling with your eating is because when you think about, let's just stick the cookie, but you can implant, you know, substitute any food you want here. You got a food, you want to lose weight. You know, you shouldn't eat the cookies, the ice cream, the chips, you know that, but then the time comes and you feel deprived if you don't eat it, you feel like something's wrong. And you start saying, I give a shit. It's not even worth it. I feel so frustrated and stressed and deprived. It's not even worth losing the weight at this point. Right? So how does that happen? Well, it's because you have been programmed hypnotically through food advertisements, millions of them in your life, me too, to focus on the consumption of the food, right? Every single food ad you see is people eating the food. When you think of the food, it's eating the food, right? That's the consumption piece. And that's where all the dopamine is. That's where all the enjoyment is. That's where all the pleasure is. And that's how you're defining the cookie at that moment. And so when you only focus on the consumption, on the pleasure of it, if you don't and that's what you're doing subconsciously. That's what a diet does to you as well. Again, a diet is just a, a tricky way for the, the food companies own all the diets. And so it's a way to get you fixated on food, right? Because every diet is, oh, I can't eat ice cream now. Can't eat cookies. Can't eat cookies. Well, hey, your subconscious mind doesn't, inter doesn't understand negatives. I tell you not to think about a banana. What are you thinking about? Don't think about a banana, right? What fruit are you thinking about right now, <laughs> right? So it's a diet. It, it's literally saying, don't think about all these delicious foods. Don't think about eating all these wonderful foods. And so by going on a diet, you're actually cranking up the deprivation right off the bat, right? Not a good strategy to start with. But so, okay, so there's the consumption. We know that. But simultaneously, and this is where you have the truth on your side, and this is an important part of the process here. Simultaneously, there is a consequence, right? They, they both exist. Again, we're not good at this, especially Americans, I don't think, but there's a thing called cognitive dissonance. It's very difficult to hold two ideas at the same time. It's difficult to say cookies are good and bad. You know, um, but if you can do that, what happens is it allows you to recognize it, it feels more real, I would say. It's because it's a more accurate thought. True. They are good and bad. Okay. And once we can accept that, instead of having to demonize them, and that's what you try and do with the diets, right? You try and all of a sudden trick yourself to, oh, the cookies are terrible. Right? It's like, you don't believe that, you know, but if you start to say, you know what? They're good and bad. I promise you that's going to be a much more acceptable thought to your mind because it's more accurate. Okay. You can't bullshit yourself. You're, you, you are your brain. <laughs> it's not like one part of your brain is going to, you know, trick another part of your brain. That's not going to happen. Okay. So you're really, if you're going down a path, trying to lose weight of bullshitting yourself, like you stop now, please. Cause it's never going to work. Okay. So what you want to do is you want to, um, you want to start recognizing the truth is there's consumption and there's consequence. And this is where you start to open the door to real change because that consequence is real as all get out. Now, the problem is that you've been focusing on the wrong consequence. The consequence you're focusing on when it comes time to decide on the cookie, the cookie's in front of you and you say, I want to lose weight, but well, that looks good, but I don't want to eat it because I don't want to gain weight. This is the mistake you're making because that consequence is too far in the future and it's an unknown. Okay. Cause in your mind, your mind could say, I'm not going to gain weight. Cause you know why I'm gonna go to the gym tomorrow and I'm going to burn it off. You know? So you start making up these stories. It's too far in the future, that consequence. And your mind is built to value now more than the future. Right? So if I say, I'll give you a hundred dollars now, or I'll give you $150 a year from now, right? Which one you take it, <laughs> give me the hundred bucks. Now, I don't know what's going to happen this year. And that's what your mind's saying. Every time you're looking at that cookie and you're saying, don't eat that cookie. I want to lose weight. It means almost nothing to your brain. All right. So what consequence can we fo focus on that actually is going to give us an impact to help you say no to the cookie comfortably and easily? Here's a secret. We need the consequence that happens five, 10 minutes after you finish eating the cookie, because that consequence is close enough to actually impact us. And so 
the big subconscious shift that I look to create in all my clients and that I experience for myself is to subconsciously, when I'm thinking about food, to go from focusing on the consumption of it to starting to focus on the consequence of it. So that when I have a food decision in front of me, instead of just thinking about how good it's gonna taste, in my mind I'm thinking, how am I gonna feel five, 10 minutes after I finish eating it? Now that's a very interesting question because there's no, no, no bullshit. I'm not trying to trick myself, okay? What I'm doing is I'm saying, honestly, where am I gonna be 10 minutes from now if I eat that cookie? And now I've done this enough where I know oh, I'm gonna feel like I let myself down, Physically, I might feel fine. If I binge eat or eat too much stuff or eat the wrong stuff, there might be a physical effect. I might feel really full. I might feel lethargic, feel like I can't move. But the biggest consequences that you can focus on 10, 15 minutes in the future are the mental and the emotional ones. Mental being the internal dialogue that's going on in your head. Now, you probably have little awareness of this, okay? But as you start paying attention to it, you start to realize that you are talking to yourself 24 hours a day in your head. And after you make the wrong food choice, that internal dialogue is very, very negative. <laughs> you know, you are saying very mean things to yourself, you know? Um, again, things like, oh, and I'm going to keep it clean here, right? But we say very, very mean, nasty things to ourselves. And so we finish, we eat the cookie and we say, oh, you jerk. You wanted to lose weight. Look what you did. You don't even deserve. Here comes the mean part, right? Here comes, you, you stupid. You did that. Now you're never going to lose weight. You don't even deserve to lose weight. You couldn't say no to that cookie, right? We start that whole internal dialogue. We start to think of ourselves being overweight, out of control, an addict, all this, all this negative stuff. So that's the mental piece, how we're thinking and how we're thinking about ourselves specifically. Then there's the emotional piece that comes with it. Now, again, I'm not saying it's this dramatic because you aren't aware of it, but I'm saying it is there. And if you pay attention, you'll realize the negative mental and emotional effects and consequences from choosing the wrong food. They're there. And so this is a process. This isn't something I tell you and it all of a sudden just changes your everything for you immediately. Because again, going back to weight loss, weight loss, just like learning a language, the piano, oh, you know what? Learning anything, it takes reinforcement. Right. You can't just, you, you know, you want to learn the piano. You can't just read a book about how to play the piano and then you know how to play it. Right. It takes consistent reinforcement and practice. OK. Same thing with your weight loss. And that's another lie that diet hypnosis has installed into us. This idea that doesn't take practice. It just takes here, you dummy. Here's the plan and just follow it. Right. So there's no practice embedded into the idea of dieting. It's, it's all or nothing. It's black or white. It's follow it. And if you don't follow it, it's because you have no willpower and you're a weak slob that can't do it, right? Whatever mean stuff you say to yourself. But the truth is that anything in your life that you have learned, anything, I challenge you, literally anything, down to using a computer mouse, right? You didn't just use that computer mouse and have it down. You, you did it and then the mouse went way over here and then you're like, Burr. you know what I mean? Eventually you got the fine motor skills to use it really well now right? But it took practice and it took reinforcement and changing all of the behaviors that influence your weight, right? Again, the diets minimize what's at stake here because the diets are really built around a simple concept. Every diet is built around one simple concept that you can understand. Just give up carbs. Just stop eating carbs and you'll lose all the weight. Just stop eating carbs. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? To, that, that's a simple concept. That's the one thing. But the implementation of stopping eating carbs in the modern American world is like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? That is a much behavioral. That's a much more complex thing. Psychologically, mentally, physiologically, behaviorally. That's a very complex thing. Even though it sounds, it's just, it's just quitting carbs. It's just stop eating carbs. Right? So they simplify and make it sound so simple. But they do that many, many layers deep. And that's part of the reason why you beat yourself up because you've been hypnotized by the diets to think that weight loss is simple. Let's just start. I just need the right plan and then just do it. 
you know, and there's really no space for you to learn and grow and evolve and create your own strategies and to learn from your mistakes and to reinforce your new good habits. It's this all or nothing thing. And as soon as you screw up, it's like you're completely done, right? Because what's the point? You can't do it. Again, diets have a very embedded within the diet hypnosis is this fixed mindset piece where it's like you do it and you either do it or don't do it. And if you can't do the diet, it's because there's something wrong with you. And that's that. You know, and so that's completely wrong. It's just not true. Real weight loss, though, comes down to a process of just like if you wanted to play the piano, right? And you sit down there and you want to learn a song, for example, you know, you go into it with the understanding that it's going to take me a practice. I'm going to have to practice this. You know, I'm going to work at it. And over, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, I will learn the song and I'll get better each and every day I do it. I get a little better at it. Okay. Same thing with weight loss. You know, now I know this is a foreign idea when it comes to weight loss because you're just so used to thinking like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. It's very perfectionist. But I'm telling you, this is because the diets are all owned by the big food companies, right? So I, I say this every day. So if you hear this every day, good. Um, weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Um, Atkins Food was owned by Annie Ann's Pretzels and Cinnabon, the same company that owns them. So all these big diets are owned by these big food companies. And it's because they don't want you to lose weight and stop eating their food. They want you to restrict calories for a little while because they know that causes you to ultimately eat more calories, you know? So this is why the diets, they give you that meal plan, but they never give you the core pieces you actually need to create change, you know, which is really the mindset piece, you know, is, is a crucial part. And then a lifestyle piece. You've got to shift your lifestyle. I, I don't know how you could change your eating long-term if you don't start shifting your lifestyle personally. Um, but you know, again, they don't give you any of that. They just say, oh, here's the plan, follow it. And it's like a carnival game. It seems easy, it sounds easy, but then you go and try and do it. You know, it's like, you're trying that, that, that carnival game with the, the basket and you try and throw the ball in, right? And the guy does it, he's like, boop, boop. And he does it like 30 times in a row. And you're like, I can do that. You know, you do it, it's like bounces out, bounces out. Like the diets are like a carnival game, right? They, they have tricked you, that they, they're trickery going on um, in a lot of hypnosis and conditioning to make you think that it's gonna be easy, that it's simple, I should just be able to do it now but there's way more involved in it, okay? And so they that process is what sets the stage for you to really beat yourself up when you don't do it, right? Because like, Jesus, it sounds so simple. Anyone could do it. Just It's just carbs. It's just stopping carbs. I can't even do that. You know, It's like, can you minimize something big into something smaller than just, like, oh, just stop eating carbs, right? Um, so anyway, so, so this idea of consumption and consequence, when you can get yourself to habitually when you're going to make food decisions, start focusing on the consequence of things, you naturally and automatically start making different food choices. And that is the secret. When it comes to mindset piece of mastering your weight, it's really about how can you make it as easy and automatic as possible for yourself, you see? Because that's another a part of that diet hypnosis that's in it is subconsciously you want the hardest plan possible because you want the fastest results you can get, you know? And so you love extreme plans because you associate those with fast results and you've been conditioned to think about your weight loss motivation as I want to look better I just want the fastest results I can get you know you're not looking at the longest lasting results possible you're looking for the fastest ones and that's another part of why you're getting so stuck you're so obsessed and I don't blame you you know what I mean it's literally hypnosis from nonstop food advertisements and diet advertisements um, that gets us to think about weight loss this way or all we care about is just how fast can I lose the weight you know, and that's what keeps us on that that hamster wheel where we never actually get anywhere, you know. Um, and so so the, the real secret is, again, this mindset piece of how can I 
you know, and again, the, the most important emotion to start this whole process with, and I'm going to get to your questions, by the way, I, I see him stacking up. I'm going to get to him in one second. I just want to start off with this here real quick. Um, when you, the, the big difference here is that we start asking questions like, and it's where the patience comes in. I don't have to just lose the weight right away. Okay. You know, it's been 30 years of me trying to lose weight. I'm, you know what? <laughs> I'm finally going to change how I'm doing it. I'm going to stop just trying to lose it right away. And I'm going to start creating long-term, you know, changes to what I'm doing, things that are going to last long term. And when you start doing that, then you can start asking questions like this. And I know this is a question you don't ask. How can I make making healthier food choices easy, natural, automatic? How can I start to lose weight in a fun and enjoyable way that I want to continue and maintain forever? You see, now I know you have no answers to these questions. I know you never ask these questions. But when you start asking these questions, your subconscious mind's a servo mechanism. And if you keep asking these questions and you reflect on what you did today and you ask better questions and you keep up this process, what happens is you start to uncover strategies that work for you that make not, not only losing weight, but living at your goal weight relatively easy. You know, so I sit here and here I am, right? I've had the same weight for 30 years. One little blip, you know, when my son was born for a couple of years, I was, we moved to a new house. I was tired. I put some weight on. Um, but other than that, it's been the same weight. Well, how? I'm not dieting. I'm not using a lot of willpower. I have a system that I've created. It's a one-of-a-kind system for me. And so by asking the questions, how can I make my weight, how can I live at my weight and make it easy, I now have strategies that are pretty easy. To, you know what I mean? Now, again, they're customized to me, but it's a completely different process than you, you usually think about. You know, Because again, you're usually thinking, okay, somebody just give me the plan. Nutritionist, dietitian, doctor, so someone just give me the plan. I'll just follow it. No, you won't because it's, that plan's not built for you. It's not made for you. You're a unique, one-of-a-kind person. And so if you take the time, instead of spending all your energy, time, and money on shortcuts, you spend it on something sustainable. You build a foundation. You build on top of it, you know? And just like anything else, you know, again, I was joking. Like, if you wanted to learn the piano and the only thing you would look at is, like, learn the piano in three days books. You know what I mean? Like, you know, those types of books, right? And it's like, that's the only thing you'd learn from, right? It's like, how good do you think you'd ever get at the piano, Right? Well, you wouldn't because you're so obsessed with shortcuts, you know, that you never just put your time and energy into just really genuinely doing it. And when you do decide to just genuinely do this, now again, I know it's harder for you. I mean, I've literally been at this for 30 years. I had to blaze my own trail because there's no one out there that I could, you know, I learned little bits and pieces from different places and different people, but it's a never ending obsession for me. You know, there's no one out there with like a full plan of like, how do you create your own way? You know, how do you, how do you tweak your mindset? How do you tweak your lifestyle? How do you get your eating so that it's easy and natural and automatic for you to maintain your goal weight? You know, I had to come up with myself. But now I got a plan that works for me. And so now it's pretty much automated. It's pretty much automatic. And I'm always tweaking and optimizing. So I keep just feeling better and better and better because it's not about weight. All right. But I want to get to some questions here. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to ask them. I'm going to answer them. I am live. I know some people wonder if I'm, uh, if I'm live. I am live. Um, is there a way to keep the willpower? Yeah, and listen, willpower is fine. We, we In my program, we use willpower. So what most people do metaphorically, right? Because think about this. You want to lose weight. You've tried to lose weight, and you want to. And I know you want to lose weight. And so you start eating better. You try to eat better, and you want to lose weight, right? But then all of a sudden, what part of you compels you to eat the wrong foods? Have you ever really thought about this? Usually people have kind of real vague ideas. Well, it's my cravings, my food cravings. Um, it is, it is your food cravings, but where are those cravings coming from? Do you think it's just physical, right? Do you think there's a mental component to your cravings, right? <laughs> Probably there is. And so what I like to think is that basically what runs your behaviors is your subconscious mind. That's the way you're designed. 
Like you can tie your shoes. You can use a computer mouse. Like I was saying, you don't have to think about it. You just do it now, right? You ride a bike and it's like, you never have to learn how to ride a bike ever again. Why? Where is that information stored? It's not your conscious mind, right? It's your subconscious mind. And so your subconscious mind, this is what holds all the things that you've learned. All your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that run on autopilot are all in your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is very energy efficient. That's the way you're designed. And so you have all these, this subconscious programming. I'll use that as a phrase. You have this subconscious programming that just runs on autopilot basically. And so when you want to diet, what happens is you use your conscious willpower and you try and fight against these automated thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, right? So it's like, okay, I'm going to go on a diet. And so now you have to stay consciously aware. Okay, don't eat the muffin at breakfast. Oh, okay, I'm going to eat healthy. Oh, not can you eat a cookie at lunch? Nope, no cookie, no cookie. Okay, oh shit, here comes here comes after dinner. I'm going to sit on the sofa and I'm going to watch TV and I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to eat any snacks. I'm not going to eat any snacks, right? And you're like, you're fighting against this, right? But eventually what happens is you get distracted, tired, bored, sick, whatever. And this part gets weak and fades away. And this part just goes right back to what it always did, right? It's like you could be on a diet for a year and all of a sudden it's like that part come right back. And it did because you never changed the subconscious programming at all. You just tried to use your conscious willpower to fight against it. Okay. Very inefficient way to try and create change and very short-sighted. You know, you don't want to have to just like obsess about your food and what you're eating and diet, that diet mentality forever. You don't want to do that. It's, it sucks. It's miserable. So we use willpower, but we use the willpower to transform your subconscious mind so that you start to have healthy cravings, healthy thoughts and feelings. So that you naturally want to eat healthier foods so that you don't need this part. So all of a sudden this part runs, it says, let's have something healthy to eat. Let's do something healthy. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do something that keeps us at our goal weight. And it runs on autopilot. So you always have to tend it. You know what I mean? Like, like you do use willpower. It's more like discipline. It's like once you kind of set the tracks for the train, it's like now, you, you know, it's removed a lot of the work. And so you still kind of push it, make sure it's, things are going, but it's a lot less work, you know, and, and it starts working for itself. So, um, yeah, the idea of willpower, I, do not orient around your willpower. You're not designed that way. Your willpower you, your way your brain structure just two two simple ideas prefrontal cortex is is like a it, it's a layer a thin layer over the top of your brain and the rest it's about 10 percent of your brain the rest of your brain really is this subconscious part that you're very unaware of and that's like 90 percent of your brain and so it doesn't make any sense to try and in, in the prefrontal cortex part of your brain uses tons and tons of energy okay this is why by the way it's like your willpower starts here it starts at its highest point when you wake up and it goes down all day long Right. And so this is why it's harder at night. It's hard. Right? That's when you're struggling more with the food. It's at night. Your willpower goes down. And so it's not a good strategy to try and take this 90% of your brain that runs on autopilot practically. Right. Cause you don't, how do you remember how to ride a bike? How do you remember how to tie your shoes, how to read, how to write? I mean, if you do those regularly, again, you think, well, I'm keeping them fresh, but how do you know how to do things you haven't done in 50 years? <laughs> you know what I mean, like, like you're not consciously remembering it. It's, it's in your subconscious mind. And it just is there for to be retrieved, you know? And so to think that you're going to use this little part of your brain and fight against this other part is it's very poor strategy. You know, it doesn't work and it's not going to work. You're not built that way. You know, evolutionarily, this prefrontal cortex piece is the newest part. You know, you are not going to win against this other part of your brain. Right. So again, we want to use willpower strategically. So someone says, I'm learning about holistic healing. Cool. Good evening from Vienna. Oh, nice. Hello. Um, can you speak to addressing the feeling anger, frustration causes you to want to eat the candy? Yeah. So, so when it comes to emotional eating, right. And that's everyone's challenge with, with the weight is that you have to understand that. So, so this is really important. And I really like talking about this because 
what what people tend to do is they say, okay, I emotionally eat, right? I eat the cookies and it, I, you know, so I have a hard day at work and I come home and at least I get the cookies. I know I don't, I don't want to eat them, but it's like, it makes me feel, I relax. It's my reward. It's kind of calm down with them and just zone out I'm by myself and the cookies are part of that. And so what you want to recognize is that you have been conditioned through literally probably tens of millions of food advertisements in your life to associate food with emotions, right? And I want you to start noticing that, you know, in addition to the food, every food ad focusing on the consumption of that food, the other piece is that they're always linking together emotions with their food, you know? And so it's usually fun, excitement, whatever. And so we have been conditioned to use food for emotional reasons. And so for most people, especially if you're struggling with your weight, it's almost guaranteed that the main way that you experience positive emotions one of the main ways you experience positive emotions and one of the main ways you deal with negative emotions is with food. You use food. It's one of your main strategies for dealing with your emotions is food-based, right? And so if that's the case, what ends up happening is some people might recognize, they say, I'm an emotional eater. And what they try and do though is they say, I'm going to get rid of the food. I'm going to stop emotional eating. Problem is you have no other strategy to deal with your emotions, you know, so what I see is people, they say, I got a snack at night and that's how I relax and kind of calm down from a stressful day. I'm going to stop doing it. Okay. Let me know how it goes. You know, talk to them the next week. So how'd it go? It didn't go well. Got a couple nights. And I was ready to kill someone. <laughs> Ever had that experience, right? So it's like all of a sudden when the food goes, you're getting rid of the emotional strategy as well. You're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Not a good strategy. So what do you do? Well, listen to this. Again, I, I like sharing stuff because I'm not, I ain't a rocket scientist. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm not teaching a highfalutin stuff. It's stuff that's like right in front of you, but you just don't see it because you're in a state of hypnosis when it comes to your weight and you can't see it. So instead of saying, well, I'm going to stop the emotional eating and stop feeling the good emotions I get when I eat it, we're going to say, what emotions do you get from emotional eating at night? Well, it's, it's relaxing. It's calming. It's, it's just unwinding from the day. Okay. So let's ask the question, what are some other ways I can feel those emotions in a genuine way that don't involve food? And so what you need to do, if it's emotional eating is an issue, is what you need to do is not just stop the emotional eating. The first thing you need to do is recognize what emotions is that food behavior giving you? And then ask the question, what are some other better ways I can feel these emotions? Because what you're in the habit of doing with, with dieting, and again, this is the diet hypnosis, is you're in the process of giving yourself less choices. I got to stop doing that. I got to stop doing that. I got to stop emotionally. I'm going to stop doing that. Right. And you're creating a vacuum. Your subconscious mind is, well, what do I do? What do I do when I'm freaking out with emotions and I'm stressing out? What am I supposed to do? And you're like, don't eat, don't eat. <laughs> and that just making more stress. You see? So the better option, what really starts to lead you on a different path is when you start to create better options for yourself, right? Options that genuinely nourish your emotional needs. And you have options at your fingertips because now it becomes less about deprivation and not being able to do something. And it becomes more about another way to do it. Right. So this is really important. So um, learning how to influence your emotions. So, you know, just let me just tell you a little bit of my program just to, I'm not, I'm not trying to pitch it here, but I just want to do it just so I do this so you can just recognize how woefully unprepared you are to actually lose weight. Okay. So in my mind, there's three levels, three pillars of weight mastery and I, and I call them pillars but really i think i'm like a pyramid because the first base level the foundational piece is the mindset right without the mindset i don't think you can do anything and then the layer on top of that is lifestyle i think without having the proper lifestyle it's very difficult to eat right 
I couldn't. I got all the eating strategies on the planet. I got a great mindset. But if all of a sudden my, my lifestyle fell apart, I, I it's affecting me literally. It's like taking drugs. You know, it's like the lifestyle piece equivalent wise. It's like drinking a bottle of vodka and saying, oh, I can still make good food choices. <laughs> no, you can't. You know, that, that stuff has affected you chemically, physically. You're a different person, you know, and your lifestyle is the same thing. If you're living a lifestyle that's unhealthy, it's like it's affecting what you are you you have this intuitive sense that your thoughts are non-physical you know what i mean like and i know you know that but you you act as if your thoughts are like some non-physical thing they're not everything about you is physical you're a physical being and so if you have an unhealthy lifestyle it affects your thoughts and then it affects all the things that affect your eating your cravings your hunger um your moods your your emotions all everything's affected so the mindset piece is is the bottom core piece we always start with and so it's like, I say mindset and I want you to think in your mind, what does that mean? You know, because you might say like, you know what? I do need to work on my mindset, right? But I just want to, I'm just, the point I'm trying to make right here is just to prove to you that this is not your fault. I'm trying to make that point because you have, you're just so unprepared. You know so little about how to actually lose weight and keep it off. That's what I'm trying to point out here that you may even recognize, you know what? I do need a mindset piece. And even if you get there, you still don't know anything because what's that mean? What's it mean to have a mindset piece? I'm going to think different. How? <laughs> right? You know, and again, I just say this just to, I hope this inspires you to realize, oh, it's not because I'm a bad person or something wrong with me or I have no a weak character or I'm all bad, all this other stuff. It's because you have not learned the ingredients, the strategies, the components of how to master your weight. And so let's talk about mindset, right? So in my program, the first thing you do, there's six components of mindset. Could you even name them? Probably not, you know, but I break them down. So my book, it's Weight Mastery Blueprints. And the very first part is the mindset piece. It's a 60 page workbook, you know, so it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for most people, to be honest, because most people don't really want to lose weight anyways. But okay, so the mindset piece, the very first thing is motivation, you know, because the very first hurdle you got to overcome is that you're not even, you don't even want to lose weight. You wish you'd lose weight. Okay. But you don't actually want to do it. All right. And it's because you don't even know how to motivate yourself. That's why I was saying before, the only motivation, you know, in terms of weight loss is a spontaneous pain-based one of stepping on the scale, seeing your reflection, seeing your picture, clothes, not fitting. You get so upset. You got to do something. That's the only motivation, you know, you know, short of if you had like a wedding coming up or some big thing coming up, just real spontaneous little things that came up that helped you. But without those things, you have no ability to motivate yourself to lose weight. You just proved it because here came the new year. You wanted to lose weight. You wanted to be motivated, but you have no idea how, you know. And so you're just there and you're like, you just you, what do you do? Oh, come on, let's let's do it. Oh, it's new year, new me. Come on, we're going to do it this time. Here comes the Monday and we're going to we're going to do it. It's like. You know, that's what makes me feel so sad because it's like there's there's solutions and answers. So when I take people through motivation, I, I have a thing called the motivation matrix. The first level is pain and pleasure. You have to know how to strategically, intentionally use pain and pleasure. That's what motivates you. And then there's a second level, which is intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Write these things down, you know, at the very least, go learn them on your own. Because right now, without knowing these things, you're never going to lose weight long term, like literally never going to do it. You're not motivated. If you've been, if you're overweight and you haven't lost any weight and you haven't really been able to get yourself to do stuff, I promise you it's because you don't really want to lose weight. You think you want to lose weight. That's the big, that's the big trick. You wish, you wish that you would lose weight on a level 10 out of 10. I know that. But actually wanting to take some action and commit to doing something to make it happen consistently, very, very low. 
you know? And until you get that cranked up, you're never going to get the results you want. I promise you, you know? And so th that's the first step. So that's the motivation piece. Where's the motivation? The next step is your self-image, right? This is like, you know, they talk about like a weight set point, like what's controlling your weight. I believe it's the self-image, right? It's how you're thinking about yourself. And if you've been overweight for a long time, you think of yourself as an overweight person, you relate to the world and to all the people in your life as an overweight person. That's how you think of yourself. And all of those thoughts are keeping you trapped. It's literally like a thermostat and you're stuck at that weight primarily because your thinking is keeping you stuck there. The way you identify yourself, the way you think about yourself. And you've been doing this for a long time. If you think, well, I'm an overeater, I have no control over food, um, I've always struggled with my weight, if that's your that, that's the beliefs you have about yourself, how are you going to lose weight? Like how? You don't believe it. And those beliefs, I promise you, are literally creating your reality. I'm not going to go into that now, but reticular activation system, look it up. It's fascinating. You don't live in the, we don't all live in the same world. Your world exists based on the beliefs you have and you see a different world. Okay. Um, so anyways, that's the self-image piece. Then there's the habits. Right? We break down the habits because you have no idea of what's going on with your habits. You have no idea how habits run psychologically. What, what is the subconscious process of habit? You don't know. <laughs> you don't know about the habit loop. You don't know about unconscious environmental cues triggering you. You don't know about the states you go into. You know What you know is that you got some bad habits and you say, I'm going to stop those. I'm going to use my willpower. I'm going to stop them. You know, and that lasts for a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks. And then they just come right back because you probably don't know this about habits. Your bad habits are neural wiring. Okay. Think about it that way. And you can't get rid of neural wiring. There's no getting rid of old wiring, right? All you can do is wire new wiring over it and then reinforce that and let that be the new automated process. But you can't get rid of old wiring. This is why some people be on a diet for a year or two and they get off it and they come right back to where they were. Right. And you get so mad at yourself, but it's because you don't even understand. You don't understand what a habit is. You don't understand how your subconscious mind's working, how your brain works. And so it's like, you know what I mean? Like you're trying to do this blindfolded. Like you have no clue. I'm only halfway through the mindset piece. So what's the next thing? The next thing is your emotions. As I was just saying, you have almost no ability to experience the emotions you want and to deal with the unpleasant emotions of life that doesn't include food. You have very few strategies or understanding of what your emotions are, how you're creating them, and how to do the ones you want. And so it's like, what are you going to do? So it's like if food is your main strategy for dealing with emotions, you are not going to let your emotions run wild. And what I mean by that, you're not going to allow yourself to steep in a stew of deprivation and boredom and frustration and tension and stress just so you can lose weight. Okay. <laughs> like that's why you haven't done it because it's like you want to lose weight, but what it means to you is for me to lose weight is I got to be miserable to some degree. Right. So ironically, think about this subconsciously. If you haven't been losing weight, it's because you associate pain to losing weight and pleasure to not losing weight. You associate pleasure to the eating the food and living the lifestyle you're currently leading because it's easy and it's enjoyable and it's familiar. And the idea of changing so that you lose weight, you associate pain to that deprivation, difficult, struggle, hard, challenging, right? And so subconsciously, you have no motivation to really want to change your weight, right? So that's the emotional piece. Then there's thinking, right? And again, this is the core piece. This is mindsets. Do you know what fixed and growth mindsets are? Do you know solution-oriented, problem-oriented mindsets? Do you know transformational grammar? Do you know how to ask solution-oriented questions? And you don't. And so again, it's like you have no, it's like, it's like you got a computer and no one ever showed you how to use it, right? And now you're just like, 
You ever seen that? Like, it's like you're using someone who's like never really learned how to use a computer. It's like they just don't even know what to do. They do like one little thing on it. And that's kind of where you're at. Again, I'm not trying to be an asshole here. I mean, I'm just pointing out the fact that the diets don't teach you any of this. They don't want to teach you this. They don't want you to lose weight. They want you to eat their food and then they want you to get motivated once in a while, give you some money for the diets and then go back to eating the food because then you're going to eat more of it, you know, and they get you on that trap. So, I mean, I'm not a genius, but how, how come I know this? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's way smarter people, way more resources than me. How come you don't know this? You've been thinking about weight loss for decades at this point. How come you don't know any of this? Right, <laughs> Joe? And then the final stage of the, the mindset piece is maintenance. Right? You can't wait till you lose all the weight till you focus on maintenance because you're never going to get there. You need to start focusing on maintenance on day one because you need to maintain to t day two, <laughs> to week two. It's not a given. Statistics I've seen, right, from Brian Wansink, a, a guy who works at Cornell Food Lab, 39% of people can't make it past a week on a diet. 75% can't make it past a month. 95% ultimately fail on it. Okay? So it's like maintenance. What's maintenance? What do I mean? Right? What do I even mean by maintenance, by the way? Again, once again, you don't even know what I mean. You think just lots more willpower. Willpower forever? Is that what that means? No. <laughs> it means what strategies do you have in place for dealing with times when your life turns really stressful? Right? So all of a sudden, like, just the world starts falling in on you. How do you stay on track during those times? How do you get back on track quickly? Because you, in your mind, you think weight loss is you starting on Monday and being perfect until you reach your goal weight. You know, and that's not true. What it's based on is how fast you can get back on track. How quickly can you get back on track when you make a mistake? Because you're always going to make mistakes. I haven't had a perfect week ever, I don't think, you know? And so I don't care because I'm not, I'm not optimized and oriented around perfection. I'm oriented around statistically, how can I get myself back on track as fast as possible? You know? So again, there's maintenance strategies. You have no strategies. Your strategy is willpower. Give me a plan. Give me willpower. Let's do this. You know what I mean? You got to stop. You got to stop. It doesn't work. It's woefully inadequate. It's just not enough. All right. That's just the mindset piece. You know, then there's a lifestyle piece real quick. It's your sleeping, your hydration, your relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude, you know? And when you get these eight things into your life, even just in little bits, it's absolutely transformative to who you are as a, as a being. You know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it changes everything and it makes everything easier, you know, and then there's the eating blueprints and it's strategy, you know, it's strategy. How can, you know, the question becomes, how can I eat in a way that gives me, that allows me to live in my goal weight that's easy and automatic? You know, that's the, that's the, the top line question. And there's a bunch of strategies underneath it that you make that happen. You know, but I say this stuff to you because you have no idea how to do this. And then the other part of my program, the very first thing you do is you learn the program yourself thin technique, which is a hypnotic, a self hypnosis technique. It takes a minute or two that allows you to program your subconscious mind because all the knowledge in the world is not going to make a lick of difference in your behavior. Again, trying to, uh, you know, change yourself by with more information. It's like reading a bunch of books about how to play the piano and expecting you're gonna be able to play it by the end of them. You know, they're two totally different things. Just to bring the point home, um, think about with, with, with writing, right? You can write with your hand, right? So it's like if you, can you write with the other hand? No, right? So it's like, how would you work with that? How would you get your other hand to write? Would you have to go out and read more books about how to write with your other hand? Right? How to write with my left hand, <laughs> right? Is that the book you need? Is that what you need to do to actually learn how to do it? No, you don't need any more information. You would need to practice writing with that other hand. You know, and so it's the same thing here. You need to practice being the person you want to be. The most effective way to do that is using self-hypnosis. 
You know, it's the most effective way to influence your subconscious mind. So you naturally and automatically begin acting, thinking, and feeling like the person you want to be, you know. But again, you don't do any of this. You just think willpower, let's just get on that line to get to my goal weight. And then once I get there, I don't know, I'll figure things out. Um, can you hypnotize using phone? Um, I mean, I could hypnotize someone over a phone. Yeah, sure. I joined Kate. So sorry if you've already explained my question. Oh, I joined late. <laughs> um, yeah. Ask the questions. I'm, I'm going to go to questions now. Someone says, I feel so understood. Yeah, I, I bet you do. I know when I'm talking this stuff because it's like no one talks about I Literally no one. I don't know anyone that's talking about this stuff. Um, you know, and, and what a lot of people feel is they feel, and that's what I mean. Like, like, that's why I say today, it's like about being kind to yourself, right? And so a lot of times when I have a conversation, I'll hear it all over and over. So, you, you know, Jim, I, I feel so like not judged, you know, and it's because I don't, I'm not judging anyone. You're judging yourself. I'm not judging you because I know you're doing what you're doing for a positive reason. You know, I know you want to lose weight. I know that. But I also know your programming is keeping you overweight. And until you change that programming, it's never going to change. And I know that you're just following that program because it thinks it's doing something good for you. Every behavior you do, there's a positive intention behind it. You know, I, I believe that to the core. And this is why when I speak with people that it feels refreshing because there's not a lick of judgment there, not a lick. I know that you're doing what you're doing because you think somewhere along the way you learned it was good, you know, and now it's giving you results you don't want. And you don't even realize this deeper process. And so it allows me to kind of like, like I know what's causing it, you know, and it has nothing to do with your willpower. It has nothing to do with beating yourself up and holding yourself accountable. It's that you just have no idea how to do it, you know, and I know this. You know, I know this. So, so it comes off and everything I say, there's no judgment about it. I'm not like, like, again, I don't mean to throw personal trainers under the bus, <clears throat> but it's like, cause I know there's different ones, but it's like the personal training thing. It's kind of like, it's just this, come on, come on, come on, come on. And it's like, it's like this idea. Cause personal training, it is, it's like, okay, do this and let's just do it. Right. Weight loss is not like that. Weight loss requires really like soft skills. Like understanding how to think differently, how to feel differently, how to create better strategies and solutions. It's a soft skill process. And you're treating like it's a hard skill. Like personal training is a hard skill where it's like, okay, you're going to come in and I'm going to show you exactly what to do. And then you're going to do it. Great. Weight loss is not like that. Not long term. You can do that for a while. But long term, it's more soft skills. It's about kind of understanding what's going on with yourself and stopping beating yourself up. Because right now, what do you got? You got this feeling here, right? You got this party that wants to lose weight and this party that... It, this party that doesn't want to lose weight is not that it doesn't want to lose weight. You understand? Your subconscious mind doesn't want you to not lose weight. <clears throat> Your subconscious mind's like a computer. And so it's just had these programs installed into it. So all it knows how to do is run the programs that were installed into it. You see, and so it's like you getting mad at your computer because you haven't installed like word on it, you know, dot word, word, um, Microsoft word. And you're like, come on, I want to write a letter. You know what I mean? It's like, what are you getting mad at? They just have to have an installer program, you see, but you're never thinking of it that way. You're, you know, and then think about that, right? So you got these unhealthy programs and you're using your willpower to try and stop the unhealthy programs. I hope you're seeing the problem here with this situation that you've never installed any healthy programs to run. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about when I say you just keep removing choices from yourself when you try and lose weight, when in reality what you need is you need new better choices, you need new better programming that runs automatically to keep you at the body and the health and the weight that you want and the life that you want. That's a whole other thing. Um, I have really bad muscle soreness in my quads after two days of gym after five months off. Advice, please. 
Yeah, right. That's the Dom's thing, delayed onset muscle soreness, you know. So, yeah, you just have to you just deal with it, right? I mean, you work out, you know, I mean, you could always start slow working out, you know, but who wants to do that? So it's like you're going to go into it at full force and then you just got to deal with the pain afterwards. But, you know, you'll get used to it slowly as long as you don't go too hard and hurt yourself. I can't even walk down the stairs. I've been there. Yeah, I've really well been there. Um, I try and remember that, you know, every time like. Once I kind of get back in the flow of working out and then I'm like, oh, I don't feel like going today. I try and remember, you know, that soreness I had. Like, I don't want to get off it. So I have to start again. But yeah, it's just something you just got to deal with. Right. So it says exercise is 20 percent. What you eat is 80 percent of weight loss and lifting is a ton more effective. Yeah, absolutely. I always say that, like what you eat controls your weight and what, what you exercise controls your shape. You know, so um, if, if you want to lose weight and you hate exercising, you don't even have to exercise. You know, yeah, lifting weights, again, that, that's beneficial. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's what you're putting in your mouth that, that's dictating your weight more than anything else. And what's dictating what you're putting in your mouth is the lifestyle you're leading and then the mindset you have, right? So it's like if you hate exercising, you don't have to exercise to master your weight. Um, you have to master your eating, though. You know what I mean? You have to master your lifestyle to a, to a bit. But yeah, if you really want to optimize everything, everything's perfect. And yeah, obviously, lifting weights is, is really important and, and then exercising, no doubt. Um, oh, Romania. That's pretty cool. Two people from Romania. What's going on? You guys together as a crew? Um, someone says, I've lost so much money on diet plans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're not, they just, again, so here, let me suggest this to you. So you have like the ability, because the, the diets are trickery, trickery. They're like magicians. So what they do is, again, they're always focusing on the simple concept. They want to make it sound so simple that you know, only an idiot couldn't do this. Who couldn't just cut carbs out? I mean, how much easier could it be to lose weight than just cut all the carbs out of your diet, <laughs> right? There, I don't think there's any concept that sounds easier than that, that that's actually harder to implement. But so anyways, it, when you see a weight loss plan, a new question you want to start asking yourself so you stop wasting money is ask yourself, okay, it's telling me what to do. Every plan is going to tell you what to do. We know that. But you want to look a little bit deeper. Is it going to help me implement it? Or am I expected to just use my willpower and just follow and stick with it? And if it's not showing you how to implement it, uh, you know, you're, it's not going to work. <laughs> like there's, there's such a lack of chance because, again, the problem is not that you don't know what to eat or do. The, the problem is you don't know how to get yourself to do it consistently. You know, so until you learn how to do that, I don't know. I mean, what's the point? You know what I mean? What's the point of trying to fall into the diet? Just And by the way, so I always say this, like, like most of my clients that I work with, um, usually it's, it's women in the ages 40, 50, 60, and sometimes 70s. And what happens is once you start getting to your mid 40s, you've tried all these diets, you've succeeded with some and then put the weight back on anyways. And now your subconscious mind knows that the diets don't work. And so the big challenge you have now is that you can't even get yourself to start a plan. You know, because now your mind says, I don't even want to start because then there's all the frustration, the stress of doing it. And then there's the disappointment that follows it. That's what your belief now. And so you probably find you can't even get yourself started on a plan. You know, you're just stuck. And so um, if you feel that way, it's because you keep looking at the exact same strategies. Your, your subconscious mind knows that these strategies are the same. And so just because one says don't eat carbs, one says just eat protein, one says just eat cabbages, don't eat grapefruit, whatever the specifics of the plan are. You get dazzled by that, your conscious mind. But your subconscious mind's like, this is just like the rest of them. It's not going to work. It's not going to last. I don't want to do it. You know, this is a big reason why you're struggling with motivation, for sure. Um, growing up with parents made me finish all on my plate. Now I can't keep food on my plate. The struggle. Yeah, that's that's a common one, right? Is how to deal with the clean your plate club. Right? I, I that. Um, I'll give you one. I, I, I'll throw you a quick one. And I work a lot with this with people because this is a, a very common one. Um but I'll just give you a simple strategy. I don't like to just give strategies because it's 
there it's almost like diety, right? If I just give strategies out, right? Um, oh, thanks for the gift. Uh, I love those weights. So, uh, yeah, it's like, so, so I'll just give you a tactic anyways, and you take it or leave it. Cause most every diet, right? If you want to think about it, they're all tactic based, right? It's not strategy. Strategy is a holistic strategy that really understands all the elements of actually not just losing weight. The, the, the mechanics of losing weight are very simple. It's the actuality of, of consistently doing the things that cause you to lose the weight and then keep it off. That's the thing that requires an entire system. As I say, again, mindset, lifestyle, and eating systems, systems, right? And uh, yeah, but, but I'll give you a tactic. So one thing you could do is you could start to save that food instead of throwing it out is save it for leftovers. If you eat leftovers, um, sometimes that, that has worked for people. So instead of like the idea, like, well, I'm going to either eat it all or I'm going to toss it, you know, you can, you know, scrape it right off into a place where you can save it. So that's a tactic. Maybe not work for you again. There, there's so much deeper stuff that can help you with that, but I, that's why I never like giving tactics. Um, let's see, let's see the bad food. Didn't take the feeling. Oh, I wanted to see that. Dun, 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 dun. The bad food didn't take the feeling away, but it did help soothe me when I ate it. Hamster wheel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and see, that's the thing, right? See, that's where, going back to the, the remain idea today of not beating yourself up, you know, it's like, you know, so, so I always say this to people, this is a good mental exercise, that you should treat yourself as if you were talking to a friend of yours that you cared about. And say, say a friend of yours was wanted to lose weight and they were actively working on it right and then they made a mistake and they tell you like oh man i don't know what happened i've been doing so well and then last night i ate a bunch of cookies i don't know what, what's going on like would you go to them oh bunch of cookies you can't eat cookies if you want to lose weight you cannot eat those cookies you should not have done that i don't know why right would you say that to them no <laughs> what would you say hey, it's okay it's all right just get back on track and da, 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 right so you've got this stuff that's in your head somewhere the problem is when it comes to you right you're just beating yourself up and so why don't you do that to your friend if you think it's so effective do it to them well that's me i'm different right so it's like it's so important right that when we, most of your behavior again is subconscious. You don't even know why you do it. You know, again, why do you eat the wrong foods when you want to lose weight? How do you explain that? Mm, cravings. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Subconscious programming. And so, so much of this process is the first step of it all, your subconscious mind. So right, just by nature, you have your conscious aware mind and you have your subconscious mind that's subconscious, subconscious, sub audio awareness, you know? So the first part of this whole process, when you want to change your behaviors, which are run subconsciously is to become aware of them. You're unaware of what the hell's going on. You have no idea what's going on subconsciously. No idea. And because you have no idea, you can't fix it. So the first part of this process is to recognize mistakes are your greatest teachers if you allow them to be, you know? So again, with my program yourself then technique, it's really two techniques. It's a redo technique and a rehearsal technique. The redo technique is an opportunity to look back and to learn from the mistakes you made. Because when you make mistakes, you do one of two things. You either beat yourself up, which just reinforces the mistake, I shouldn't eat those cookies. I shouldn't eat those cookies. Don't think about a banana. Don't think about a banana, right? You're programming in that same behavior or you're saying, ah, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah, okay. You're going to do what you did, you know? And so the redo technique allows you to create a new option to learn, to grow, to evolve, to reconnect to who you want to be, you know? And that's built into it. So the process of change, we don't like it. We want to just know what to do and then just do it. But that's not how human behavior works, right? Well, I'm a piano teacher and I show my student, boop, boop, boop. Okay, go ahead. And they're like, boop, 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 boop. No, I just showed you what's wrong with you. I just showed you. I just showed you how to do it. 
Why aren't you playing it right? You know, and it's like you would never do that. and You never expect that in that scenario. Right. But when it comes to weight loss, that's that's the way we do it. You know, and so instead it's like, oh, geez, I made a bad food choice. What was going on there? What was happening? Why did I do that? I know I want to lose weight. I know it's really important to me. So why did I make that food choice in that moment? Whoa, right? And then again, when you have some understanding of why you behave the way you do, then you can look at that with a much, much more granularity and find out why it happened. And then ask the set, imagine this question. If I go back in time, what would I have done differently? What can I learn? How can I act differently? What, what's something I could have done? And you learn from it. So next time you get in that situation, you now have what we call a choice. <laughs> imagine, because you never give yourself choices. You just say, I'm never gonna do that again. Don't do that again. Okay, well, what do we do? Right. So my husband, well, I don't, well, what do we do? I don't know what to do. You're never telling me what to do. Hey, you know, and so again, in my program, that's the, that's a core process is learning from the mistakes. It's literally, literally the most important part of the program is that technique, you know, and it's the reading rehearsal and you do it consistently. And that's how you program your subconscious mind, you know, and so learning from your mistakes is the very core point because that's how you learn in anything you do. Literally, anything you've ever learned in your life, you've used feedback loops, right? Where you've tried it, it hasn't worked, and you've made little micro corrections until you could do it. And I'm doing this because I'm thinking of like tying your shoes, right? So you do loop, boops, bunny ears, and all the rest of it. You're doing it, your fingers are all tangled up. But you figure it out. The computer mouse, right? Remember when you first used a computer mouse? The mouse was bing bong all over the place, right? And it's like you didn't feel like your hand was moving that way, but it was because you didn't have the fine movements. But what happened? You watched the cursor, you got your hand, and eventually, you know what I mean? Everything worked together. It's a feedback loop, you know? So you need a feedback loop to learn literally anything in your life you have had a feedback loop. But when it comes to weight loss, what's the feedback loop? Oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'll do it for a little while. I made a mistake, and now I'm an asshole forget it. I can't do this. I'm not doing it. <laughs> you stop the feedback loop from happening. You know, it's, it's crazy. And again, I, I, I think this is intentional. I I'm very conspiracy, conspiracy minded when it comes to the diets. Cause I mean, they just don't teach you the core components of actually changing your weight, you know? So if you get rid of the feedback loop, I don't know how you can ever learn and people don't learn, do they? When it comes to weight loss, you're doing the exact same stuff. You, again, you, you know as little about how to change your behaviors and lose weight now as you did when you started your first diet. You have learned absolutely nothing about how to actually change your behavior. I know you've learned a lot in terms maybe of, of nutritional stuff or exercise stuff, tactics you know more of. But in terms of how to actually change your behavior consistently, you have no clue. You know, think about that because you have to recognize that so you can fix it. This is the core thing you need to change. All right. Um, how do we rewire the subconscious? Yeah, we want to, when we're rewiring the subconscious, this is important. The conscious mind is logical and rational. This is the party that knows why you should lose weight, that wants to lose weight, knows all the reasons and things you should do to make it happen. It's very logical. Your subconscious mind is not logical and rational. It's associative. It just links things together and it runs programs that you have kind of installed into it. Okay. And so the way, just to keep this a real simple explanation, the way you rewire your subconscious mind is through your imagination. That's how you can do it a lot faster. And so, you know, this is why, by the way, you already know it, hypnosis, okay? Oh, I can feel my throat. I almost had a choke and hack attack yesterday. <laughs> I'm gonna let that happen, Dave. I'm gonna preempt it. I was sitting here coughing and crying yesterday. All right, so 
Yeah, so when you rewire your subconscious, you already hypnotize yourself. Every time you're watching a TV show or a movie, that's hypnosis. You're going into a calm state, you have mirror neurons, it lights up your visual auditory cortex and you have emotions. So if you watch a happy show, you release happy emotions. If you watch a horror movie, you get tense and nervous and anxiety emotions. And so that's the same thing. You just, you're doing that intentionally. You're using your imagination to program new thoughts, feelings, and behaviors into your subconscious mind. So it's a very simple process. You know, the word hypnosis has all this stuff attached to it, but it's something you experience every single day, you know, constantly. And so there's the state of hypnosis, which is a very calm, neutral state. And then there's the experience of hypnosis where you're relying on your imagination to influence your subconscious mind, which is the opposite of you relying on facts and and data. Okay. So, so for example, you know, all the reasons why you should lose weight and what you should do, you, you know, logically, you know, all those things, but that does not become uh, behavior. It, do, it, it doesn't mean you actually just absorb that. Okay. So we want to influence the subconscious mind. And again, the, the quick answer is to do it through imagination. Someone says, why am I always going to the start of diet and never can lose weight? How can I reprogram my mind? Yeah. Again, I mean, they go to the start of the diet because you just keep doing the hamster wheel. You keep looping through, you know, and nothing ever changes because it's, it's like, you've got all the diet knowledge you need. You know what I mean? Like, like what's a diet It's giving you a plan of how to eat. You, you know how to eat enough. You, you can always learn more. I mean, there's always optimizing and tweaking things. I get that, but it's like your diet knowledge, your, your, of what you should eat knowledge is way up here. And your knowledge of how to actually change your behavior is way down here. And you just keep on focusing here. You know what I mean? You just keep on cranking this up and you never focus on this part, you know? And it's, um, you know, th that's the problem. So it's like, once you can start working on these deeper aspects of what's controlling your weight, you know, that's how you're gonna start to get better results. You know, how to fight sugar addiction. Um, yeah, sugar addiction. There's a lot of answers to this. It really does depend on you. So I always say like, I, I would never just tell you what to do because you always say like, I, my, my main mantra in my program is really, there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. You know, and so how to fight a sugar addiction, you know, if I could say, oh, do this, you know, um, that's not really how I've found that not to be effective, you know, because now there's strategies that I share and, you know, and, and as part of something, but ultimately it's you because your sugar, sugar addiction presents itself differently than someone else's. Right. And so you need to know the specifics of your sugar addiction, start working on that. All right. Um, but in general, I mean, this is going to sound stupid. It's so simplistic. You're going to be mad that I'm even saying it, but obviously the more you start to cut down the sugar, the less sugar cravings you have. Right. So it's like, we have to say this with smoking and cigarettes. Oh, thanks for the, thanks for the roses. Um, with, with cigarettes, it's not, people think when they stop smoking, they, they'd stop the cigarettes, that that's what's causing the addiction, the cravings, you know? And it's really, it's the cigarettes that cause the cravings, you know? And so if you get rid of the cigarettes, you know, for a while, eventually the cravings start going down and you just get normalized to not having them. And so it's the same thing with sugar. I mean, this is a basic answer, but the less you consume of it, the less cravings you have to deal with. And this is a core part of me. Like, like even last month I was eating a lot of cookies and a lot more sugar than I ever do. But in my mind, when I'm eating sugar, in my mind, I'm saying to myself, every time I'm eating sugar, I know that I'm, I'm, it's like sugar cravings on layaway. You know, I know eating these cookies now, and especially like, so say I eat some cookies after lunch. Well, now I know I'm associating that together. So now I know tomorrow I'm going to have to deal with, I know I'm going to crave a cookie. You know, I'm linking those things together and sugar just hypercharges that because it's an addictive substance, you know? And so, um, that's one of the big things I, I don't like being addicted to. I don't like fighting cravings. So I don't really eat sugar. Does that make sense? You know? So again, I know what I'm saying sounds so simplistic, but 
It's very powerful. You know, I don't want to eat sugar. This is how I make my weight loss easy. You know, the cleaner I make my eating, the easier it is to just to eat clean. You see, the more shit I put in there, sugar, processed foods, flour, you know, the more I put this stuff in there, the harder it becomes. You know, I start awakening that that little monster inside of me, you know, using uh, Alan Carr's language. Um, so, so, you know, again, I want to, I want to keep those, those little monsters weak and tired, <laughs> you know, the sugar addiction monster. And so the less sugar I eat, the easier that is, you don't have to deal with it. Um, the other thing I would say when you want to start moving away from sugar, uh, is, is drink more water. And, and again, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I, I found that to be helpful. Um, oh my God, it's making sense now. Thank you so much. You are welcome. That's my goal here, right? To create a, a whole, uh, a whole paradigm. That, and that's what I think. I would say that's where I, I come. I, and I don't know. I, I, I literally, I don't know anyone who has a, a system like this. I think my system is one of the most literally complete systems there is to truly genuinely transforming your weight. And I mean holistic, because I think you have to look at everything holistically. You know, it's not just, I'm just going to eat better. Well, how are you going to eat better if like, just let's say you slept four hours last night. How are you going to eat better today? You know, because first of all, you slept bad, so you're tired and your body knows, well, I want some energy. It knows the quickest way to get some energy is some shitty food that's going to spike my glucose and give me a burst of energy. And so I get that craving. And now because I only slept four hours last night, my brain's operating at half speed. So I can't say no to those foods. My willpower is reduced. My ability to think clearly is reduced. So how am I going to do that? Right. I'm starving. I have no ability to stop myself and I'm craving unhealthy foods. Right. So it's like, how am I going to do it? And so understanding that setting yourself up for success is most of the game. You know, that's the real secret to it. Right. Um, so, some, so, so, so that holistic approach, when you look at, I'll give you one more example of holistic thinking, just in terms of eating, I will regularly get people come up to me and they'll say, I'll say, well, what's the problem? They say, afternoon and evening, that's the problem, right? That, that's where the problem is. I said, well, what, what are you doing for breakfast and lunch? I'm not eating anything. That part's going great. I said, well, what do you want to do in the afternoon <laughs> dinner? I don't want to eat anything. I said, well, when are you going to eat? I don't know. I'll think about that when I lose the weight. <laughs> it's that kind of, kind of mindset. But it's like what I'm saying, that's a very common situation for people, right? There's the afternoon and evenings is trouble. And say, what do you do in the beginning part? Well, I didn't eat anything. Well, that afternoon and evening was created by what you did before. I think every day, metaphorically, it's like you're building a house every day with your nutrition. And so, you, you know, if you're building a house, you don't want to build it on a foundation of sand, do you? Right. You don't want to build it on a foundation of air. You want to build it on a foundation of concrete. So your breakfast ought to be the most nutritious meal. And if you don't like to eat breakfast and lunch, whatever the first meal of the day is, should be your healthiest, most nutritious thing you can get in your body. Because if you can do that, it changes everything that follows after it. You see? And so, but it's a different paradigm, you know, where you're thinking about not just like, oh, the afternoon. Because what's happening, I know you're doing this. You're fixated on where the problem's showing up, but you're missing out what actually created the problem. You know what I mean? The problem wasn't just created there. It was created by what happened before it, you know? And we can go back. I mean, you can you can do this as much as you want, but I mean, it starts losing value after you go back past a week, perhaps. But certainly, wherever the problem's happening, you should certainly go back 24 hours and, and look at like, what, what led to this? You know, where's my hydration level? Where's my sleeping at? Am I stressed out? Can I relax? Have I nourished my body at all? <laughs> right? And if those things, if you haven't, if all you've been doing is eating shit, no real nourishment, you're sleeping like crap and not getting enough sleep. You don't drink any water. You're just pounding coffee and energy drinks. Um, you're totally stressed out, cortisol flooding flood through your brain and body. How are you going to choose the right foods? I mean, how are you going to lose weight that way? You, you know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's, it's really hard. So, um, yeah, thinking holistically, I think, is really the secret to getting to a place where you can master your weight comfortably and easily. You know, that's the secret. 
Um, someone says, so I'm doing everything wrong and I don't know anything. So what is the answer? <laughs> Again, I don't, and I don't mean when you put it that way, right? I'm not trying to be that person. Um, but what is the answer is everything I'm saying, you know, it's a more holistic approach. I mean, I think my program is the answer, you know what I mean? But even in, you know, if, if you want to figure out in a more complete way what I'm saying, go, go to my description or go to my, my bio and go click the link there for the three steps to master your weight, right? Put your name, name and email address in there, but that's not it. Now you got to you're going to be brought to a page that's got the video right on it. Press the play button and watch it. It's a half hour. And it will it will lay all this stuff I'm saying out in a very understandable way. You take a couple notes and start going to work on it, you know? If you like it and you want to work with me, you know, there's information about that at the end of it, okay? But it's like if you're, if you're serious, you know, and so I hope you are serious. So what is the answer? And I see the is is in capitals. And so I hope you are motivated to find the answer. I hope I'm getting you riled up a little bit, right? A little uncomfortable, um, because the dieting thing is never going to work for you. That, that's what I'm trying to say. So I know that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes because you waste a lot of money and a lot of time and energy, right? Those are sunk costs, what we call that. You got to let go of that. Let it go and let yourself start on a new path. And that new path is one that's going to be slower, um, but it's going to be easier, okay? Because weight loss and weight mastery are two different paths and they're two completely different strategies and so the path to weight loss is usually very extreme you know it's not unusual you're just just diet calorie wise average americans consuming 2700 calories a day the average diet and they're, they're cranking this up a little bit but i don't forget i don't forget all the diets that were out there starting you off at 1200 calories a day it's a 60 percent reduction day one that's really hard Right. I mean, that is really hard to just all of a sudden, because it's like your food, so much stuff is revolving around. You know this, you know this, but I'm just saying it out loud so you can realize because you're in a state of hypnosis. And so you're not thinking clearly. You have an inability to think clearly with when it comes to weight loss. Let me give you an example. I use this a lot. Close one eye and look at your nose. You see it. It's just, My nose is all big, big as hell when I'm looking at it with this one eye. Look at the other eye. Damn, it's right there. It's like it's taking up a quarter of my field of view. I open up both my eyes, my nose disappears because my brain deletes it from my awareness. This is why you are already in hypnosis when it comes to weight loss because the diets have hypnotized you to think about weight loss in a way that is not good. And you can't even see outside of that. You're trapped in that. And so I do all these live streams. I do all this stuff to try and make you aware, first off, that the way you think about weight loss is the primary problem you have. Okay. And so if you really want to know what the answer is, I've given you some answers. I will definitely go watch the training, you know, that I put up there again, a half hour, and it'll give you a new sense of what needs to change for you to truly master your weight. Now I know most people don't go and watch it. And I know most people don't go and watch it. And then people that do go to watch it never actually push the play button and watch it. And that's because most people don't really want to lose weight because you really are oriented around homeostasis, just maintaining the status quo. And so you don't like the weight, but you're familiar with it and you're comfortable. And that's the truth. You know, so if you're really serious and you want to know what is the answer, you know, I just kind of gave you a sense of it. Um, yeah. And again, but, and I know we always want tactics. So I said, get out here and say, oh, do this, do this. And it's like, that's like catnip to you. You know what I mean? You would love me to get here and say, you know, oh, you want me to tell you the meal plan? You always do this one, right? It's, it's like, uh, like, I just made that video, right? But it's like, like, imagine my pocket. I got, a, I got a paper and on it is a meal plan. And uh, if you follow this meal plan, you'll lose five to 10 pounds a week. Do you want it? You want it? Would you like me to tell you what's on that meal plan? That's what you want, right? You want to know what do you need to eat to lose five to 10 pounds a week, right? That's what you want. That's what you're here for, right? What if I give you the paper that says eat carrots, drink water? Hmm. 
What would you think I was going to say? <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? That is evidence of you being in hypnosis because you're believing fairy tales. You're believing things that aren't true. And that's what you're doing with the dieting thing is you're so programmed. Again, I don't blame you for this. It's literally millions of weight loss ads you've seen. And they're all trying to sell you this fairy tale, you know, and it's not true. And if you really, if I could wake you up from the hypnosis for a second, wake up, you'd, you'd look at it and say, oh my God, yeah, it's not true. It's not real. But even when I just said I got this meal plan, we're, we're going to lose five, you know there's a party that just wanted me to tell it to you. And then I tell you it's carrots and water. Ugh. What would you think it was going to be? Oh, eat chocolate cake and, and eat cupcakes. And you could, you, could you, you are just, you want there to be some plan where you can eat chocolate cake because that's what the diets are always selling you, isn't it? Even, I'll tell you the most egregious thing, it makes me crazy, is the diabetic magazines. Look at those things, right? What's on these magazines? Chocolate cakes and pump, how to eat your chocolate cake and still manage your diabetes. And do you know what I mean? Like they're, the diets are owned by the food companies and they want you to eat more food. So everything's fixated around their shitty foods. Okay. And so you are wanting to hear like something where you're, you just, you just want to hear some plan where you can still eat those foods um, and lose weight. You know, and you want, you want tactics, little tactics. And so what I'm saying is very unsatisfying to you because it's like, you got to make a foundational shift. You have to commit to a long-term thing. You have to approach your weight like it's college. You know what I mean? Like my course is like a college course compressed into eight weeks. That's why I say it. it's really not, it's probably not for, it's very, for a very few of you. There's a few people on here. And, and again, the people it's for are probably already gone and watched the training and <laughs> probably signed up for the program. So it's like, you know, it's not for most people because most people don't actually want to do the work. Most people don't actually want to lose the weight. And again, I don't say this to be a jerk. I say this to you because what I started, this, this whole call for me was about stop beating yourself up. You're beating yourself up about not losing weight when you haven't actually decided or committed or really even want to lose weight. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You know what I mean? Like you're judging yourself. It'd be like, like I don't play the piano. I've messed around a little bit, but it's like, I don't play the piano. Okay. And so it's like, what if I sat here and I was like, I'm so mad at myself that I don't know how to play the piano. Well, it's like, you, I never decided to do it. And that's where you're at with your weight, but you beat yourself up as if you had decided to do it. And you, I haven't. You know, you haven't decided to do it and you haven't committed to do it. And so again, you wish, you wish, right, that you would do it, but your actual want and desire and, you know, to actually make it happen is very low, very low. Um, emotions. What are effective options do easily instead of eating when you get emotions for changing habits? Um, yeah, okay. So, so the, it starts with the idea of, with emotional eating, it really starts with what emotions am I looking for? So I'll give you some typical ones okay but again it's up to you you might have a different emotions but i'll just give you an example so let's just say like you work a really stressful job you got a stressful life and sitting on the sofa and eating is the most relaxing thing you do or at least one of the most relaxing things most predictable things you can rely on to relax you and calm you down from a stressful life in existence okay so if that's the case, there's not a chance in hell that you're ever going to stop doing that behavior until you have another way to decompress and relax and recover, okay? Now, the good news is that that relaxation, that situation, emotional eating is a very weak um, form of that emotion. And I know you think it's not. I know that, but it is. And so it's like when you sit on that sofa and eat, you think it's relaxing, but if you do the fly in the ceiling technique, and those of you that are here all the time, you know this technique. If you imagine that relaxing habit of sitting on the sofa and eating, and you imagine being a fly on the ceiling and watching yourself day after day doing that, week after week, month after month, year after year, oh, geez, decade after decade sitting there. 
right? And you take a different perspective on it and you see it from a different angle, all of a sudden you start to realize that that is not relaxing. That is one of the main things that's causing me a lot of stress. You see, so so it's like the things you, that's probably, that's like one of my favorite definitions of addiction in a practical sense is that when you are doing something that you think is making you feel good, but it's actually harming you. It's causing you to feel stressed. Almost a lot of times the opposite of what you thought it was making you feel, you know? So it's really about getting to identify what emotions you're looking for and then come up with real genuine strategies to feel those. And this is a different pattern because as soon as you figure out some of those strategies and you actually start to implement them and you feel real genuine emotion of relaxation, because eating the food is not genuine relaxation because as soon as you're done eating it, five, 10 minutes after that, do you feel relaxed? Right. Oh, look at that a crown hat. I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. So do you feel relaxed after you finished eating all the shit on the sofa? No. Do you feel relaxed when you're going to bed and you reflect on what you did? Do you feel relaxed when you wake up the next morning and you reflect on what you ate the night before? Do you feel relaxed as you go through the day and you deal with the consequences of that? No. So you see what I'm saying? So that consumption, that little phase of consumption has got you hypnotized. It's that's all you think about it in, you know? And so you have to wake yourself up from that and realize, no, the ultimate consequence is the opposite of what I thought it was. So I hope that helps you out. Um, someone says, yes, I get it. Just waiting for the big reveal. <laughs> um, you're so talented and passionate. I've never heard of these strategies. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's what I'm trying to do. Again, I just, that's my, my whole plan here. My mission in life is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. Um, a couple months ago, I realized I need, I need to reorganize my business in order to do that. I was doing a lot of coaching and I just couldn't get to the numbers I wanted to with that model. So um, I changed things up a little bit. I redid my program. And so that's offered in a different way where I, I do coach people there. Um, and then I free up a lot of time where I can do these live streams, make a lot of videos to just literally just put this stuff out there, you know, so I can help anyone, you know, whether they can work with me or not, you know, and so I'm, I'm glad that that's helping you. Um, someone says, yeah, what's exactly healthy habits I need to include in my life? Yeah. Healthy habits you need to have right here. They go, write these down. <laughs> um, you need to sleep properly, proper hydration levels, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. Those eight things are a good, good foundation. I've just added two bonus ones, but those eight ones are really, really going to help you. Okay. And they change everything. Now, I know I'll say that to people sometimes. I say, oh, I sleep. I've slept before and I didn't lose weight. <laughs> it's not It's not like one of them. It's doing all of them and it's doing them consistently. You start doing those things. And again, I know I know. I say those and you feel overwhelmed. So again, in my program, it's all about practicality. So I, te I teach a technique how to do six of those within a, a minute or two, uh, like a real a, a simple routine. And so it's about being strategic with it. But when you strategically add these things into your life a little bit at a time, it's absolutely transformative. All right. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm practicing who I want to be. Yeah, exactly. That's what you want to do. How do you know all this stuff? It amazes me. Yeah, I, I'm obsessed with it, you know, and I've been doing this myself for 30 years, professionally for 20 years, and I'm just obsessed with it. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, I've just, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. Um, I got my program yourself thing course. I've certified coaches in it. I read, you know, a book every week. I'm just obsessed with it. I love helping people with this because to me, it's life and death. You know, if you don't know my story, my father died when I was nine years old. He was 54. And so weight loss to me has always been not just about looking better in a bathing suit or in your clothes. That's a nice bonus. So I, I think that's, that's fun. I want you to enjoy that part, but I want you to recognize, and this gets right to the core of your motivation and why you're not motivated is the diets are always fixating you on the motivation they want you to feel is you want to look better. It's always that before and after picture. And I want you to think of your weight as a medical condition potentially, because it is. 
you know, literally, it's beyond even a medical condition. I always reference the Framingham Heart Study, where overweight people live 3.3 years. Women live 3.3 years less. Obese um, women were living seven years less. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time because you can't stop the food going in your mouth, you know? And so it's my dad. I mean, I look at, you know, it's like my, it's weird. If it, It's like, I'll tell you how crazy it is in the world, right? So my father, he's just the greatest guy ever. I mean, just an awesome, awesome person, all right? So when he died, it was the most traumatic thing. It still messed me up, okay? But he was known, so he was technically obese, you know, I believe. He was, he was definitely overweight, but I, I'm pretty sure technically he was obese. Not not morbidly obese, but but obese technically, I, I can almost guarantee it. And he had an unhealthy lifestyle. And um, he loved food. You know, hard worker, you know, hard worker, but he was like known as like, he loved food and he was, you know, loved, loved eating food. Even after he died of a heart attack and left me, I was nine, my, my brother was six, my, my mom, we're like, what are we going to do? <laughs> it, it was unbelievable. But even after that, people still referred to him as an eater. And I'm just like, man, it's making me crazy. Now, as upset as I was about that, I recognized that, you know, 10 years after that, even though I swore I was never going on that path, I was 50 pounds heavier, you know? So again, that subconscious programming doesn't give a shit about what you want consciously, <laughs> you know? You do what you've been programmed to do, you know? And so, yeah, I've, I've been very fortunate. So in that moment when I was very lost, I took a semester off from school. And I always say this because this is pure miracle, you know? And this is just life just blessed me. That's all I can say is in, in a couple months, I was exposed to hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, Tony Robbins, yoga, guitar, martial arts, right? Th those, are, those are six of the big things. And, and I just got obsessed with them. And I transformed myself, got so obsessed with that, I, I couldn't believe it. And so then I worked on helping other people create this as well. So yeah, that's where the motivation comes from. So I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, I never sent so many hearts to someone who just made me cry. Oh, thank you. I, I'll take that as, as a real compliment. I'm glad. I'm glad you're getting something out of this. Um, how to keep motivation. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, understanding motivation. You know, it starts by, again, like I was just saying, it's really reframing this process, you know, where, so so I'll just give it to you. You you have to look it up yourself, you know, but in my program, one of the things I do is I talk a lot about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, okay? And so I don't have time to explain it all here, but basically wanting to look better, you think that that should be enough motivation for you because you're obsessed with wanting to look better. But wanting to look better is what we call an extrinsic motivator, and it's the weakest form of motivation. And it's one of the core reasons why you don't get the results you want, because it's not a powerful form of motivation. So you want to really start building your process around intrinsic motivators. You know, you keep trying to force yourself to be more motivated to lose weight, to look better, and it never works. A better way to do it is to identify things in your life that you're actually motivated about right now. So if you're a parent, you're really motivated to be a parent and take care of your kids. If you're in a relationship, you're motivated to be a good partner and, and have a good relationship. So there's, there, if, if you're, your job's important to you, that's already a big motivator. So the secret is to find things in your life that you're already actually motivated about and then start saying, how is my weight affecting that? Because it's affecting it very much. If you're overweight, and it's, it has nothing to do with how you look, okay? It has to do with how you think and how you feel physically, mentally, and emotionally, you know? So let's just say being a parent's really important to you. It's one of the most important roles you play in life. And you say, well, how's my weight affecting that? They don't care how I look. I know. They care how you're thinking and feeling. And if you're struggling with your weight and you're upset about it, you're in your head all the time thinking about food, beating yourself up, worrying about it, trying to lose weight. And then you feel bad about yourself. Your self-esteem's low, your self-image low. You're frustrated. Your emotions are negative. You're, you're pissed off at yourself. All of these things. That's what you're living in. And you can't tell me that that's not affecting your ability to be the parent you want to be. 
Of course it is, you know? So I know this is, this, I don't mean this is a tough love thing, but it, let's be honest, you know? You've got to be very honest with yourself, I think, you know, if you really want to get motivated. Um, and so it's recognizing the things that you value most in your life, honestly taking a look at how is my my weight, and you got to get off the visual part of it, the aesthetic, superficial outside part of it, and start looking at the inside. How's the weight affecting your emotions, your mindset, your energy levels, your... Um, and your focus, your ability to be the person you want to be, and it's all negative. And so it's literally decreasing your ability to be the person you want to be, and it's affecting the things that are most important. So when you reframe the process this way, it's a lot easier because you are already tapping into motivation that exists. You keep trying to generate motivation to lose weight, and it's never going to work because wanting to look different just doesn't matter for 99% of us. You know, If you're like a model or if you're like livelihood, depends on how you look well then you're bringing in more of that motivate that intrinsic motivation right but it probably doesn't and so you know you, you take someone that's like i don't know you've been married for 30 years you know your, your kids are all grown up and it's like what all of a sudden you think losing 30 pounds what do you what do you want to look so great for do, do you know what i mean like just honestly it, it's the value is just not there it would be cool It'd be cool to look different, but you've developed a whole life being overweight. And so there's no real value in just looking different. You know, where the value comes from is recognizing if I don't get control of this weight, I'm probably going to live less. I'm going to have less years with my grandkids. I'm going to have yet less years with my partner. Um, I'm not only going to have less years, but those years I do have are going to be diminished. I'm putting myself at a higher risk for type 2 diabetes, for high blood pressure, for heart attacks, for certain cancers. You know, I'm less comfortable in my body. My knees hurt. My hips hurt. You know, I can't move as well. I'm out of breath. I'm tired. I just want to sit here. I'm addicted to food. And now, Jesus, money-wise, right? I mean, good Lord, right? Your snacking starting to take a real toll financially, no? <laughs> right? That The eating is turning into a real cost. I mean, geez, everything's gone up. So it's like you can't just snack casually anymore. I mean, this is, you got a budget for it, I guess, right? So this is the financial implications of it. So there's so many real implications, but you're not used to looking at it that way. You know what I mean? You're just, I just want to look better. I just want to wear a bathing suit this summer. I'm going to wear a bathing suit in 40 years, but I want to wear one this year. I'm, this year, I'm going to do it. No, you're not. That's not a motivator. It's not a real motivator. Okay? And so you have to find the real motivations to it. You know? And that is a process. You know? It's something you got to learn. Uh, all right. There's a bunch of questions. I'm going to blast through them quick. Good suggestions. Thank you. When I lift, I visual myself as a blonde beast of prey. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. I visualize myself with blue skin and 10 arms. Nice. That is effective. Hey, whatever works for you, right? That's what I say. Like I said, there's no right or wrong, just whatever works for you. Um, just wondering what's your opinion on intuitive eating in the context of hyper-processed foods. Yeah, I love this one because I always say, like, I don't have a very high opinion of intuitive eating. If you're overweight and you've been struggling with your weight for decades, I wouldn't trust your intuitions. <laughs> your intuitions have got you into the trouble, you know? And so people assume that you have some, you know, ability that stays there. You're just, you're a little computer program that just absorbs whatever you learned, you know? So your intuitions are probably horrible. You know, so it's like if you retrain your intuitions for a while, then you can start to trust them, you know, but right now I wouldn't trust those. And um, yeah, highly hyper processed foods, you got to think of as like a drug, you know, they overwhelm you in every way. And so you have to manage those. Now that listen, that's the challenge of weight loss, right? Is that it's the only addiction that you really have to manage it, you know, because most drugs, you know, and addictive things, you just stop them cold turkey completely, right? Weight's one of the few things where you really have to kind of it's still in your life. And that's where I will say that's another thing about me. Like that's my personality is very kind of balanced in that sense where I'm not all or nothing. I always talk about like living in the gray space, you know? And so like on one hand, I think sugar is like food cocaine. 
literally. And on the other hand, I give it to my kids sometimes, right? So, oh, that's a weird place to be. That cognitive dissonance is uncomfortable, right? But you got to get comfortable with some cognitive dissonance in the world here, I think, because again, what I always say is like, even picking your goal weight, which by the way, that's a whole thing. You don't even know how to pick the right goal weight. You're just picking some arbitrary number. You weigh when you're 18 or they weigh when you got married or there's some chart says or doctor says. But the way you should pick your goal weight is the one that gives you the best quality of life. Okay. Which means you can't just pick a weight. Your weight doesn't live in a vacuum. You got to live a lifestyle in order to achieve that weight. And so you should ask yourself, what am I willing to do here? You know, how important, where's the sweet spot uh, of what I want to do? Um, but yeah, so, so anyway, so, so with you, once you recognize that stuff, it really comes down with the food. You got to kind of manage it, you know, and you can eat some of these things sometimes. Um, but you know, you want to use it very, very sparingly, you know, this is like, even with alcohol, like I used to have a, a real alcohol problem and, I could have said I was alcoholic, but I never felt comfortable with that. And so the path I went down was improving my relationship with alcohol. Now I was able to do that because I don't think I was an alcoholic. Okay, so I'll make that clear. Um, but it was it was a bit of a struggle. I mean, I was literally like like the worst drinker in my whole circle. It was a big circle. And so I was able to get control of that where I have a much healthier relationship, but I still drink, but I, I'm very aware and intentional about what I'm doing. And so it's that sort of mindset I think you need with the food. You know, I think the idea that you're never going to eat flour again or never going to eat sugar again, I think that lowers the quality of life. I think the sweet spot is when you eat it strategically and moderately. You know, I, I think that's what I like to optimize towards. Now, some people can't do that. You know, okay, again, everything bounces off of who you are as a person, you know, but that's where I like to start. I like to start at kind of like, you know, where can we moderate it? So you have some of this stuff, but you're doing it the right way. So you still have the body you want and the health and the happiness you want. All right. Um, someone says exactly the underlying issues of food addiction are behavioral issues. Yeah. Uh, psychological issues. Yeah, of course. Right. Um, they, they, you know, but the, the underlying issues of food addiction are also physical too. Remember that. And so when I say like sugar is like food cocaine, I mean that like literally sugar is the closest thing. Sugar is the closest thing to cocaine of any food, <laughs> you know, in the sense that the sugar we eat is completely overly processed. You know what I mean? Like I give you a sugar cane. You're not getting that sh table sugar out of there. You couldn't do it. You get the big granulated sugars, you know, you couldn't get the refined sugar. I mean, it is very, very, very processed. You should go watch a documentary on it because you're thinking it's more natural than it is. It's not. It's very processed. Just like cocaine is extremely processed. You chew on coca leaves and you're not going to get addicted. It's okay because it's not as concentrated. It doesn't hit your blood as quick. The processing causes it to be absorbed very fast. And that's what makes it so addictive. And so these foods we're eating now are structured in such a way to be as addictive as humanly possible. You know, and so understanding that is very important as well. So you understand what you're up against. Um, someone says, however, if it's for processed or isolated foods, learn to interpret it and find a better way. Um, what do you think about cheat days? I love cheat days. I don't like the word cheat days. I don't like that at all. Um, but I'll give you, so so again, I, my program is all blueprints, right? Mindset blueprint, lifestyle blueprint, eating blueprint. One of the core ideas of the eating blueprint is to have, uh, I, I call them like clean eating days, and I use different words, but like foot off the gas, planned and perfect, imperfect days. I just don't like the word cheat. That's just me. Use it if you want to. The idea is similar. But the clean eating days, I'm really optimizing and looking to make as many of my food decisions as possible based around the nourishment and how it's going to help my body. Okay. On the other days, the weekends, I make food choices based on how much I enjoy eating it. Okay. And I find personally that having both of those is crucial to my success because if I just say, okay, no more days where I eat what I want, I'm just going to no more of those foods. As soon, the second I cut those out, 
I, I start eating them. I start craving them. I start getting obsessed with them. And so I find that, and this is scientifically back what I'm saying, and it's, it really comes back to dopamine. But they found they did a study where they would offer people like chocolate or desserts and they would have them say different things and notice which ones kind of work the best. And so like being offered dessert and saying, no, I'm not going to have that. I can't have that. I don't want that. Those didn't work because subconsciously what we think is we think I'm never going to have those. And we start to feel deprived. The thing that was most effective is to say, I'll have it later. And when we say I'll have it later, we don't cut off from it. We just push it down the line a little bit. And so that's kind of how this structure, what I talk about is based on the idea that the thing that allows me to be clean during those days, the biggest thing is that I know upcoming this weekend, I can eat what I want. And so I find that really helpful. So, and I like the other side of that process is, so I'm talking about the clean days and then the, the other days where we're planning perfected days, but then it flips around. So I go from planning perfection back to clean. And that process of getting back on track and to clean every day allows me to practice getting back on track every week. So I'm building that, that muscle up, which is my opinion is the most important skill of weight mastery is the ability to get back on track fast. And so every week I'm practicing that. So I'm good at it. You see, um, I'm not just waiting until I randomly get off track. I'm good at getting back on track now. I'm very, very good at it. Um, bum, bum. Let's see here. Just Hey, someone sent me a pizza. I didn't even send pizzas. Well, I really never saw it this way. Yep, great. That's what I want to do. I, I want to create paradigm shifts for you in terms of how you think about weight loss because that's how you get the most kind of leverage shift in how you're behaving and feeling about your weight. Um, right now, you're, you're trapped within this diet hypnosis. You think within this little box and it's it's got all sorts of limiting beliefs and, and misinformation and accurate thinking. You know, So my goal is to kind of break you out of that consistently so you can see that there's nothing wrong with you. You're not struggling with your weight because of some character flaw that's fixed in you. It's because your strategy, your mindset, um, you're literally living in a hypnotic mindset that's not true. And so I try to break that open from you. Um, again, I always joke, as a hypnotist, I thought I was going to hypnotize people to lose weight. It's actually much more accurate to say I'm waking people up from the hypnosis they're already in to lose weight. Um, boom. Um, how about diabetic meds for non-diabetic people? That's what's hot right now. Exactly, right? So that's the new one is the, the diabetic meds. Um, you know, hey, people are going to do what they do, but there's no shortcuts, you know? And so, um, you know, there's no shortcuts to it. And I know this because if you look at like the gastric bypasses or, or lap band stuff, that's a physical shift, right? And so it forces you to eat differently and lose weight, at least in the short term, guaranteed. Um, but what ends up happening is people, they adjust to it. And uh, then they got to do the inner work, you know, and they've gotten better at least at offering, you know, counseling that, to do that inner work. But if you don't do the inner work, people will just eat all day and they'll gain the weight anyways. They'll just eat different. So the diet, the, the, the medicines, again, it's that, that mentality of not wanting to do the work. But, you know, to me, it's like, I don't do this just to lose weight. You know what I mean? Like, like the weight loss is really a secondary effect of why I live this way and eat this way. I primarily eat this way because I want to be the best version of me. I want to be the best dad I can be, the best husband I can be. I want to be the best business owner I can be, the best friend and, and family person I can be. And I want to just see what's, what, who am I? You know, what's possible? How much potential do I got in this body, in this mind? And I want to exploit it and, and explore it, you know? And so the medicines, again, I'm not knocking medicines because I, I think there's a time and a place for them. But I think people looking to get the shortcuts and just the easy way. That's a way, that's a choice, you know, and, and I leave it up to them, but they're not the people I would obviously be in my program and it's not what I would want to do, you know, but, but I leave it up to each person to make their own decision, you know. Um, hello, I'm doing this method for manifesting for attract money. It really works. Any experience? Um, I'm not sure exactly which method you're referencing, um, so I can't answer that. Alexis said you farted. <laughs> uh, oh, what does that say? I read, oh, Rebel Wilson is a good example. I actually liked her bigger. Yeah, okay. 
Um, do you have a podcast? I've been listening to you on repeat on YouTube. Love your stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I got a podcast. It's a program yourself then podcast. Look it up. Um, and so, yeah, listen, listen, put me in my, put me in your head. <laughs> Cause I promise even just listen, this stuff is going to help you lose weight. You know, um, if you're really serious, go watch the training, you know, that I have, please go watch that. You know, it's going to help you. My body feels sluggish and on the verge of puking. Okay. Um, I don't know why. So I need a little more context on that. Any tips on emotional eating? Um, I kind of answer this, but again, the main thing is the emotional eating is to figure out what emotions you're getting from the food. Don't just get rid of the food because that food is serving a purpose, a positive intention. Find out what that positive intention is and find better ways to, to get that, okay, that don't involve food. So what you're doing is you're giving yourself a, another choice, a better choice to experience those emotions. And once you have that better choice, your subconscious mind will choose it, okay? So don't just get rid of emotional eating. Explore it, okay? See what's going on there. Yeah, treat days. That's a good one. Yeah, I like treat days. I need something better than planned imperfection. I will say that's a little blind spot or foot off the gas. Those are kind of kind of goofy, but I got to think about that a little more. Treat days, I, I like. Um, but even treat, I don't know, something a little bit more. I'm going to think on that. I'm going to get back to you on that one. Um, someone says, I'm doomed. Outside influences one side of the family drinks and the other eats. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, but hey, listen, you can do it. I don't care what your situation is. But what you need, when you're in a situation like that where your environment is unhealthy and um, maybe even harmful influences, you know, listen, you're at a point now in history where you can surround yourself virtually through with positive influences. You know, I'm one of them. So, you know what I mean? Put me on podcast and listen to me because I promise what will happen is it's not the environment as much as it is what's going on inside your head. Okay. There's stimulus that happens and then there's an interpretation phase and then there's our experience of it. Okay. So the experience itself does not dictate how we interpret it and how we, we experience it. All right. So even if it's an extra challenge, I'm not doubting and, and understating that it's a challenge when you don't have any support around you. Um, but you have the opportunity now in this day and age to really put yourself into a virtual positive environment. And by doing that regularly, what happens is you can be in unhealthy environments and unhelpful environments and you can still remain kind of centered and, and grounded with who you want to be. Okay, I promise you. And that's a real nice, um, nice feeling. Can you repeat the podcast name? Yeah, program yourself then, um, podcast, and, and you'll you'll find it's on all the all the things you know. And I'm on YouTube, so if you want to watch the videos, you can watch those. But if you want to just listen to the podcast, go listen to program yourself then. That's the name of my program. That's kind of my whole methodology. All right, programming your subconscious mind to make you thin. Thin, by the way, it, it's just a word I use to mean your goal weight. Okay, um, so it, it's not like thin. You know, it's not some arbitrary thing. It's like whatever your goal weight is, I just use the word thin with that. You don't like the word thin, use something else. Um, but, and again, and then your goal weight is the one that gives you the best quality of life, makes you the happiest and the healthiest. That's what I would suggest you you orient that around, all right? Um, how to be skinny, I'm so fat. I'd re-listen to this. I got to get out of here, but uh, yeah, you, you can do it, all right? It's just one, one step at a time, one pound at a time, all right? All right, everyone, thanks a lot. Have a great day, and I'll see you soon. Bye.